0: Well folks, Jerry Adams are August Maris Gra, Egan Shah Gomsa, Gumsa, Shivsha, Shevsha, morning. So Kadaharda. Alright, but just a couple of wee things to uh, promote. One is on Wednesday next the twenty-eighth from ten thirty to one in the communication workers union. On North Circular Road, just behind Crook Park, there will be a Dublin Youth Assembly. So it's uh, part of the Sinn Féin Commission on the Future of Ireland. And if you're a youth, uh, you can sign up for this and uh, come along and have your say. And then on Tuesday, the night before at seven o'clock in the Europa Hotel in Belfast, the Channel on on Belfast are holding a Belfast Women's Assembly. It is restricted to women, so it's a women's only event. And it, it actually is overcapacity at the moment, which I think is really, really encouraging. And there's also chair car available on 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 request. So again, uh, you may have missed your space, but if if, if if someone drops out and another space becomes available, if you're not in, you can't win. So Shin Nagar, Roddy Tabbott, and Chaptain Shaw Hugging, Yoga having their say in Balya Clea, in Munra, Belferste, having their say in Belfursta. Now, what else? Okay. Uh, just talking about Dublin, the, the, there is a, a real live threat of demolition to Moor Street and to parts of the Moor Street Terrace that played a central role in the Easter Rising. And last month, the executive of Dublin City Council rejected a motion by councillors that number 18 Moor Street should be designated a protected protected structure. And councillors had previously passed a motion in support of this. And in a report to councillors, the executive concluded that 18 Moor Street is not part of the 1916 Terrace. Now, this decision stands in stark contrast to the available evidence, including confirmation rooted in council and governmental reports. And the executive's report was withdrawn, but will now come before the council again in September. In the meantime, councillors have been asked to provide submissions setting out their arguments for consideration. And the executive of the council also made it clear that it does not accept that the process of providing number 18 with a protected structure status was commenced by the motion in the council. So there you have it. The executive, the management of the council in Dublin are saying that the elected representatives, the councillors, don't have the uh, authority to do what they did. And most worryingly, the executive states that there exists a previous planning consult Consent providing for number eighteen to be demolished. And to add to this mounting threat, plan information for three sites along Moor Street are currently awaiting final decisions from on board Planala. The the investigations by inspectors has now completed, and the, the decision on the sites, which includes number eighteen, can be given at any time. And the decision and an addition. The decision by Dublin City Council to add other buildings to their Accord of Protected Structures is now the focus of a judicial review by the developer, Homerson. The Sinn Féin Group on Dublin City Council has made a detailed submission to the Executive setting out the evidence that portions of number 18 were extant at the time of 1916. These include the Dublin City Report of this year, the Shaffery Conservation Report of 2011, the Broderick-Hosford Report of 2014, and the Dooley and Hall Reports of 2019. And the Sinn Féin Group has called for number 18 to be given protected structure status. In the meantime, the Moor Street Preservation Trust is actively seeking legal advice about the options available to it. Three years ago on a similar case, Forty Herbert Park, the home of the O'Rahilly, the only leader of the 1916 Rising to be killed in action, was demolished in a shameful act of political and corporate vandalism and greed. The O'Rahilly was killed in Moor Street and despite his home, Herbert Park, being of great historical significance, it was destroyed in a matter of minutes. Number 18 Moore Street and other parts of the terrace now face a similar fate. Hummerson's plan has the support of Michonne Martin. When he was on Taoiseach, he welcomed the Hummerson proposals. Such interference in the planning process and the use of Mr. Martin's statement in a Hummerson press release is absolutely unacceptable. James Connolly Hearn of the Moor Street Preservation Trust has said, the entire terrace, 10 to 25 Moor Street, was occupied by the evacuated g p o garrison at the end of Easter week nineteen sixteen yet Hummerson's want to demolish much of the terrace that includes numbers eighteen and nineteen. Please help save the nineteen sixteen Battlefield state. Stop the demolition of Moor Street and I endorse everything that Jim Connolly Hearn has said and appeal to you to be involved in this campaign, and also if you can help in any small way with a uh, fundraising or any contribution to this campaign, please go on to the uh, Moor Street Preservation Trust site. Another issue which has caught public attention in recent days was the unfortunate deaths of the five men in the submersible uh, expedition down to look at The Titanic wreck. And like everybody else, I was hopeful that the men would have been saved, and unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But in the fickleness of the media, more attention was spent on that case than on all of the other people who have been killed, drowned at sea. People essentially in coffin ships. And you may remember eight years ago the death of two-year-old Alan Kurdi and that brought a focus on the refugee tragedy that has turned the Mediterranean into a sea of death for thousands. You'll recall the photograph of the child lying face down on a Turkish beach as the water washed over him. It was very distressing and a very evocative image. Last week at least 78 other refugees are known to have drowned when the packed trawler they were on capsized. Survivors said that as many as 500 more including possibly 100 children who were in the hold of the trawler are thought to have gone down with the ship when it sank off the southern coast of Greece. Now we the Irish have our memory of coffin ships and it's a totally and absolutely reprehensible that our government in Dublin doesn't do more about these poor people. Since 2014, over 20,000 refugees are believed to have died, crossing what is now regarded as the most dangerous route on earth for those fleeing war, famine and poverty. The EU and European governments blame the people smugglers, who profit from packing refugees onto boats that are often incapable of making the journey. And yes, they are to blame, but so too are those governments, the EU, and politicians who have collectively failed to confront the refugee crisis in a humane and strategic fashion. Consequently, desperate people who find the legal door to Europe barred shut to them turn to the people tra- traffickers. And Europe's response to this has been to cut back on its rescue operations, leaving thousands to their fate in the sea of death. Fine four MEPs voted to block a resolution in October 2019 in the European Parliament to enhance the search and rescue operations and provide sufficient vessels and equipment. According to the UN Refugee Agency, while the numbers making the journey are declining each year, the numbers dying are steadily rising each year. In 2019, an estimated 1,510 drowned. In 2020, that figure had increased to 1,881 and in 2021, 3,231 deaths were recorded. More refugees died in the first quarter of this year than in the previous six years. 401 emigrant deaths occurred between January and March. Half of those deaths were linked to delays in state led rescue efforts, and in one case, the absence of any rescue mission. In a joint statement, the UN's HCR and IOM called for urgent and decisive action to prevent further deaths at sea. These two international organisations described the current EU approach to the Mediterranean crisis as unworkable. They called on the EU to ensure greater coordination between all Mediterranean states, including the establishment of an agreed regional disembarkment and redistribution mechanism for people who arrive by sea. This places a huge responsibility on the Irish government to use its place in the European Union to change the current policies of that body. In particular, there needs to be a proper resourced rescue program put back in place. And the government in Dublin should do its duty in standing by these refugees. So we've, we've dealt with quite a few books in this podcast over the period I've been doing it, and uh, there's a new book coming out in August which I want to promote. It's by Gino McCormick, own Gino McCormick, from Derry. Owen served 15 years in jail and was on the blanket protest for five years at a time when 10 of his comrades died on hunger strike. And this is a new book of his poetry. It's called The Pen Behind the Wire. And of course, thousands of Republicans were imprisoned during the conflict and They created a commendable body of prison literature in keeping with prison writings from other phases in the freedom struggle. And former POWs, as well as writing their own memoirs, have written short stories, novels, plays, screenplays, songs and of course poetry. The writings of Bobby Sands, for example, have never been out of print over the past 42 years and have been translated into many, many languages. So, Gino began writing poems on toilet paper in the blocks and on cigarette papers and he smoked them out to his family who kept them safe from British army raids on their home. Some of the poems were published in Republican News and Gino also produced crossword puzzles. He's a great wordsmith in Gaelga, Augusta Merle. He has another prison memoir, in Plood, uh, on the blanket, and it's a must-read tale of life in the H-blocks. So now he has a, a new book of prison poetry, published by Green Island Press, and it will be released, pardon the pun, in August, and I'll give you more details, it'll be at the beginning of the Fela, at the Prisoner's Day during the Fela, I'll give you more details as they emerge closer to that date. And an interesting element of this book is that some of the poems are recorded and the reader can listen to the readings by using QR codes at the back of the book to access reading online, for example, on your on your phone. Now, some poets believe that poetry needs to be read aloud to be fully appreciated. And that's my view, I agree with that. So I'm delighted that Owen has enlisted 36 readers to give voice to his poetic musings. And I, I include myself in that rare audio. I'm honoured to read Building Trouble. Other readers include Jerry Kelly, Mitchell McLaughlin, Donnie Morrison, Martina Anderson, Rita Ann Higgins, Christy Moore, and Owen's family also read, including his sister, Sarah McLaughlin, Alice and his long-suffering Van Caelia, and their four children. There are 60 poems in the pen behind the wire. And his other books are available now at on Ashok. Uh, he, he's a very good book in Gilga, book of poetry, Macaulay, Nacellin, which is published by Kosh Kim, and that's another fine piece of extraordinary writing by Gino McCormick. Now, go has a and just for your delectation. I'm going to read one of Gino's poems. It's called Building Trouble. Over the wall, beyond the nearest block, swung the jib end of the derrick. Below it, almost out of sight from us, hung a girder, heavy, solid, thick, the sort of magic wand from which a prisoner, from which a prison is constructed. block Maleska. Take some hacksaw to cut a hair like that, wouldn't it, said Joe, of no one and to no one in particular. The yellow arm arced slowly like a bird with a taut worm trapped within its beak. Ninety degrees it turned to lad's burden down without a strain or a groan or a creak. The steel rope retreated upwards to the limb and the arc reversed. I turned the roll of smoke, having seen it all before. Buildings, always building, at their endless prison. Paddy spoke. They're always building something new. I've seen this place grow from fields to this. He waved an arm at the expanse of walls and tins. Keep them off the street, eh? What a place. What was it like at the start then, Joe? Like a field filled with rubble. And what was the first thing they built then? What they're also and always building? Trouble. Shane, Gino, I probably didn't read that as well as I could and as well as I should, but uh, you get the gist. So well done, Akarja, Gogarja, Arish. Augusta Kuji J, Chief EMA Shibsha, and uh Shaw hugging. Enjoy the football in the hurling and the Andrum and Mead game, come on Andram Intrama a boo. Slan live, tor Ira a more oriv.